0: Uh, because of the Biden administration's recognition of sovereign immunity for Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. I think it just reflects a
1: ceaseless pattern of favors, protection, uh, uh, all kinds of grants of favor. We have three seconds. Not just by the Trump administration, but also by the Biden administration. We're going to have to leave it there. Sarah Lee Whitson of Dawn. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us.
2: And you're listening to radio station WUSB in Stony Brook, located at 90.1 FM on your dial and 107.3 FM on the same dial and on the Internet at WUSB.FM. It's currently just about six o'clock on a Tuesday, which means once again, it's time for another exciting edition of Off the Wall. Good evening to everybody. The program is Off The Wall. Emmanuel Goldstein, with you on this uh, Tuesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle.
0: Yes, over here.
2: I could listen to this theme all night, you know, and that's that's the problem with the theme. Sometimes I just get all glassy-eyed and uh, staring at the space and forget that we're supposed to be talking. We're supposed to be talking about things that are going on. There are lots of things going on. Yeah, lots of things going on. Right. You know what I did today? Well, you were there, so you know what I did today. You know, there's things going off, too. That's true. That is true. That is very true. <laughs> but no, what I did today, I voted. I went out and I voted today because today is a special election locally.
0: Extra special.
2: I was the only person in the polling place. That's, that's the fun of special elections. Uh, not everybody knows about them. So if you're local, if you're local to the area... There is a special election for the town clerk. Now, that might not seem like much, but it's another one of those Democrat-Republican things. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, you know, but you can figure out who I might have voted for based on the things I say. But I never like to go out and say, you should vote for this person. I always like for the people to make the decision themselves based on what they have heard. If you if you tell them everything, it's not it's like they're not really voting. So, uh, in this particular case, you know, it it might seem like a small thing, you know, the town clerk, but what, what happened with long Island in November was what I consider to be shameful because, um, while there wasn't a red wave in the country, there was a red wave here and a lot of good people got kicked out of their, um, their elected jobs. Like, uh, you know, our, uh. Our, our, our local uh, state uh, uh, assemblyman, um, um, Stephen Englebright, um, who uh, has, has served for decades. No reason other than he was a Democrat, because um, everybody agrees this guy really made a difference and, and protected the environment, did all kinds of good things, but not out of a job because he was a Democrat and there was a red wave. So, you know, this is one way of fighting back, a small way, but it, it just means that you know, voices can be can be uh, raised. We can express ourselves, and um, what better way than an election that nobody knows about? <laughs> That's kind of um, kind of um, small compared to the other one. The last time I was I was in the, the the very same room. I had to wait what forty five minutes to vote. There were so many people there. This time, over there, eight people in that room. That worked for the uh, uh, election people, and I was the only voter, and boy, were they happy to see me. (laughs) So my vote will count more. I know that much, and I hope there are more votes like my vote, and I hope that my side wins by one. Yeah, I do. Special elections. uh, Do you ever vote in a special election, Kyle? Um, it's not
0: any one particular special lesson is front of mind when you ask, but I'm sure there's some, um, off or, uh, kind of, uh, unexpected or unscheduled, uh, uh, ballot that I've participated in. Sure. Sure. I'm going to say maybe once and I didn't even really realize it. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not thinking of anything in particular, But this is critical because the uh, people that lost want any power, anything that resembles power, and not because they have an agenda or anything, but because they want to gum up the process and they want any power so that they can display that um, in however cynical way possible. And so by participating in these lesser known and uh, elections considered sort of a minor political event, not even an off midterm cycle election... But uh, something unexpected or unscheduled, it's good to just show up and remind them that you know they're not the only ones paying attention, and that we care about all the various uh, forms of public service and how they impact people. If this is the person that's issuing, you know, a dog license or you know something, uh, uh, you know, mundane and everyday, we still want people that are passionate about doing that job, uh, you know, to the fullest, mm-hmm. not. Um, extending the position to fit some um, some cynical political end uh, minus any kind of real uh, uh, platform or integrity, right. right. That, that's just my take on it. So well, yeah, you can't you can't be bored by this. That's what they're because they're losers, they've decided that these are the things that they're going to flood and just it's sort of scattershot. And that's what we need to remind ourselves, that it's not necessarily as um, saturated and, and uh, comprehensive as they'd have you believe. Mm-hmm. It's much more scattershot, and you you must stay engaged and watch these things. And don't let them lie, you know? You, you get you get people that are disingenuous that end up in these positions. That's true, that's, that's true. who's giving your and dog a license. While this,
2: well, this, I about the dog licensing part. And then you part, have
0: dogs behind the wheel, and that's yeah, terrifying.
2: It is, it is. Uh, but, you know... While this might be the case here on Long Island with uh, town clerks, other parts of the country, these are the people that will refuse to issue a gay marriage license or something because it goes against their religion. If it goes against their religion, they're in the wrong job because that's part of their job is to issue licenses for people who you might not agree with on everything. Um, and, and, And having somebody in office that definitely will not do that uh, is definitely a step in the right direction.
0: And to me, integrity is okay. You have that conviction, but you respect the uh, the institution. You respect the public having differing positions, mm-hmm. and you'll perform your job even in a scenario where you might not necessarily choose what someone else is choosing for themselves. But in that role, you're not going to obstruct or block or, or in any way disrupt what another individual wants to do, um, in their interactions with the government or local, uh, institutions. So to me, I, I have much more respect for someone that I disagree with that can, that can hold their nose, so to speak in their, um, public service or other, uh, sort of, uh, elected function. But in this case, we've seen, um, several examples, um, in the, in, in the past Five years, you know, a lot of different uh, people taking these positions and then injecting it with their, you know, uh, fundamentalist or or uh, uh, extreme or or uh, let's just say um, uh, uh, cynical beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, and then wielding that through the position on everyone, yes, including your dog.
2: You know, you got to stop bringing the dogs into this, but yeah, it's, it's it's true. They do wield this onto everybody. They they impose their their fundamentalist beliefs upon the citizenry, and that's that's wrong. Um, if you are in the town of Brookhaven, uh, there is a special election today, and um, the uh, polls are open until 9 p.m., and your polling place is your regular polling place, from what I understand. It's hard to find this information, it really is, but uh, it's it's definitely happening. And if you do show up, you'll be making people there happy because they've been there all day. And boy, those people uh, that, that work in the polling places, what they have to put up with and uh, the hard work they do, it's incredible. So... So definitely thank them when you go over there and um, have until until 9 p.m. So your vote can make a difference. Absolutely. It's good practice, too. And I realize you might vote in the opposite direction of what I what I say. And that's fine, too. You know, if uh, if I motivate you to get out, well, that's on me. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that. Um, OK, we we have to talk about the um, the whole Biden thing, because it's really it's, it's starting to get to me. You know, I, I said last week I was I was happy that they found these documents because it shows the difference between how, how uh, uh, Biden uh, dealt with this and how Trump dealt with this. And um, it's not taking in the media, because I don't know what's going on with, 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 with uh, mainstream media. Um, I guess they're trying to prove how fair they are yeah, by, by equating it like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's the same thing as what happened with Trump. And obviously, it's not the same thing at all. It's, it's, it's so very different. Um, here's, here's just a, a, a rundown from uh, U.S. News and, and World Report. One president had to be hounded for government documents, including classified material that was only retrieved after the FBI executed a search warrant at his home. And more documents were found even after the president's lawyer signed an affidavit saying everything had been retrieved. Whereas the other president voluntarily turned over documents, including classified material, after his lawyers discovered them in his non-White House office and home and is cooperating with the Department of Justice. Okay, you know, right there, huge difference. You know, one, one president, one former president lied about them, tried to hide them, fought back. Another found them on his own, or his, his, his lawyers found them on his own, on their own, And basically did the right thing from the beginning. They're not the same. Can we stop treating them as if they're the same or as if there's some kind of hypocrisy here? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing uh, people, you know, on, on, on places like CNN saying, how come the American people didn't find out about these classified documents on day one? Because of the American people, (laughs) classified documents, you don't share the fact that there's classified documents here and there before you go through channels. Everybody knows that, you know, (laughs) The difference here, one of the main differences, is how it was dealt with. And there was a cover-up for the first president, and this president is basically going through channels. And if it takes a little longer for something to make its way down the media uh, pipeline to everyday Americans, that's how the system is designed. You know, But nothing is being hidden. And the thing that really annoyed me, I keep, um, I keep seeing these news reports. First of all, Google News has gotten so terrible. Uh, if, you, if you look their, their their newly designed page basically gives you the same story four times. <laughs> and then there's a second story that you get four more times. Instead of in the past, you would have gotten eight stories. I don't know who is programming this or, or, or what they're thinking. But basically, I saw all these stories about this. And every day for the past five days, I see a story that says more documents found in in Biden's possession. It's the same story, but every day they're printing it as if it just happened again. And there are some instances where, um, uh, or there is an instance where Biden's lawyers discovered this and they don't have the clearance for this kind of classified material. So they did the right thing. And contacted people who did have the clearance to continue the search. And then those people found classified documents. It's being treated as two different discoveries when it's the same discovery. And then on top of that, on top of that in the media, they're saying, how come people without clearance were searching for this? That's not what happened <laughs> by, by, the, by the accounts of the media themselves. Okay, the, the Biden's lawyers found something that they didn't have clearance for. They called people who did have clearance for it. And they found documents. One instance with different people going about it the right way. It's just the media seems bent on saying, aha, hypocrite, you're the same. You're exactly the same. Very similar to what I notice many people do, especially on the left. People on the left love to point to people close closer to them. Than the people that are furthest away from them to accuse them of being just like the people that are on the other side of the political spectrum. I don't. It's just a thing. <laughs> you know, it's just a thing that we always see happening. And if you've ever been involved in um, uh, left wing politics, anything from the Green Party to to socialist, basically their biggest enemies are the people that are other socialists or other Green Party members or things like that. Before it becomes people on the right wing, you know, (laughs) and this just seems to be a recurring syndrome of some kind of illness that we have. And it's why so many times the right side loses because they're too busy fighting amongst themselves. It's really, really sad. But as far as, um, as far as this goes, as far as, 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 uh, these documents, the last people. The last people who should have any business asking questions are the Republicans. And why? Look at how they handled it when the classified documents were being found at Mar-a-Lago. When Trump was covering that up and lying about it. They couldn't care less about the classified documents. Many of them said that. And if you say that, if you're an elected official who said, oh, the classified documents don't really matter, If you're a member of the media who said that, that, yeah, this is, this is just a witch hunt, you know, sure. He, he, he declassified them with his mind, you know, and he was allowed to have them because he was the president. If you're of that ilk, you don't get to be all high and mighty about Biden and say, why didn't he tell people immediately and, and basically phone everybody in America to let them know, you know, how did this happen in the first place? Look, there are people who will ask those questions, just not you, because you're the hypocrite here.
0: Well, the answer is he himself didn't know, whereas Trump did know that was true. lying. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you expect Biden to be saying that if he wasn't actually aware that he had these? It was he seemed just as surprised by it, whereas Trump's been defensive from from the get go about this. And he served in in public office. Less, I mean, Biden has a forty-year career. Mm-hmm. Was in a previous administration than the one he's in now. You know, serving now, uh, his his uh, track record actually would make me think that that there ought to have been more, or that the uh, the quantity would have been inverted in this uh, in between these two individuals. But that's not reality. The fact is, uh, uh, there is a a a really enormous amount of documents from a president that had no previous um uh uh experience in office and uh handling these kinds of things and and uh somehow believed that um he could take them and they were his or whatever the excuse is but it's uh untenable and wrong and uh this this foulness will not stand it's it's uh um I think if it wasn't so damaging to people's trust in um, their government and um, the classification process, I think it would it would be hilarious the way the media is handling it. But it is incredibly corrosive to try to draw um, a false comparison between these two just because uh, the documents happen to be classified. You know what I would like to know and, and my theory, what I suspect is that we'll probably hear a little bit about what was in the Biden documents, but the the severity of the stuff that uh, Trump had, we're probably not going to hear about that. Mm-hmm. as soon as uh, as soon as it's been looked at and, and there's some conclusion, I have a pretty good idea that a lot of that stuff we're just not going to get to know for obvious reasons because
2: it's it's more sensitive. Read classification. Yeah, yeah it's yeah.
0: probably stuff that he he um, felt was valuable. He only th- thinks in you know monetary terms. You know. Uh, 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 things being something, uh, uh, expensive or not. It's, it's either, you know, the best or it's not, you know, he, he places this, these terms in, in a, a classist sort of sense. Whereas with the Biden documents, I don't know. There's, they're, they're oh. so sparse and I don't know how boring or interesting it's going to be, but there isn't, enough pages for right. it to be that that well, um, look, salacious, in my opinion. But I don't know.
2: There's something interesting here because the National Archives knew that um, uh, the documents that Trump had were missing. That's why they were asking for them. And they didn't know that these were missing. And there must be a reason why. Are, are they a different uh, type of document? Are there far fewer of them? Uh, Are they something that the current president of the United States has every right to have wherever he happens to be, even if it's in his own garage? You know, all kinds of questions. But one thing is for sure, this is very, very different. And we can't just equate it with what Trump did. What Trump did is very likely criminal. And what Biden did is an oversight, that he or his people found
0: and, and told,
2: told everybody about. So it's just, and, and, and then to have um, the um, uh, the Republicans now in charge of the house, barely, uh, they're going to get on their high holy horse and say, uh, we're going to investigate you. We're going to impeach you. We're going to hold you responsible, just like you held Trump responsible as if there is any comparison. And it's, it's just, It's funny. It's, it's, it's hilarious, but it's also outrageous because a lot of people are going to believe these lies and they are absolute lies. There's this um, representative James Comer, uh, Republican from Tennessee. Um, he is the chairman of the house oversight committee because now we have Republicans running that and they're the ones that somehow are going to tell us what's right and what's wrong. Um, On Sunday, he demanded visitor logs for President Biden's house in Wilmington, Delaware, after uh, those documents were found. He's demanding visitor logs for Biden's house. He um, is not interested in visitor logs for (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. He doesn't care about that. Right away, come on, anybody listening, no matter what your, your side of the political spectrum, do you not see the blatant hypocrisy in that? How do you not see it? How could you possibly not see that? So, okay. Uh, not seeking the visitor logs for Trump's mar lago residence. And, and that, of course, is where more than 100 classified documents, some of them labeled top secret, were found. And it took an FBI search to find them. After they were asked for, they claimed they didn't exist. They weren't there. They lied. They tried to cover it up. But this is, this is what this guy Comer says. He says... I don't feel like we need to spend a whole lot of time because the Democrats have done that for the past six years. <laughs> yeah, because the Democrats were in, in charge, they're not interested in pursuing justice in any way. Let's just go after Biden. The hypocrisy is just stunning. That is the story. <laughs> not not the documents that, um, uh, that that Biden found himself or his people found, but this this tone, this incredibly... Um, hypocritical tone that we're seeing. And you expect it. You expect it from the Republicans who have taken over. You know, they think that they're going to somehow even the score. You don't expect it so much from intelligent media that knows better. You know, trying to be quote unquote fair does not mean equating two sides that are clearly not the same or anywhere close to each other. So it's, it, it's really disappointing to see that um, being the way that people uh, uh, who know better are dealing with this story. It's a fascinating story, and it's it, it's definitely something that uh, uh, Biden should be held accountable for. But let's put it, uh, yeah, let, let, let's do scales here, you know, which one is more serious than the other. It's, it's not that hard.
0: Well, what I also see here is um, this seems to be preemptive. Probably, I mean, this in the back of my mind when it first came out is that this is this is preemptive. This is due diligence because there will be some kind of uh, result of the investigation into the the uh, Trump document seizure and everything, and at that point, you're absolutely going to want to know that. Um, if, if the uh, current sitting president had anything resembling this in, mm-hmm. in the slightest, you want that to be uh, uh, out in the open, transparent, and dealt with in advance. Um, and I I, I I don't know how else to look at it. Um, and if that's not the case, I would say this isn't that would and, and that there is not going to be um, uh, something uh, uh, equal or... Um, as far as um, I mean, proportional rather to the uh, severity of the transgression with Trump's uh, document debacle, um, I would say that it's it's that that will create an incredibly dangerous environment in this country. And um, these kinds of leaders, they think it's really funny, but um, their behavior is foul, mm-hmm. and the. Um, the, the mood, the, um, the appetite for justice is um, unlike any other at this moment. And uh, you cannot do this to the American populace at large. And uh, what this level of cynic- c- uh, cynicism has done to the citizenry, um, it will n- it will, we will never look at one another the same. If we cannot be honest about this stuff, mm-hmm. so more dishonesty in the media, more dishonesty in these oversight and and other leaders, uh, blatantly showing bias. Um, as I said, it's foul, yeah, and it yeah. is it is so disrespectful to to what Americans deserve. I've heard good good Republican takes on this. There are Republicans out there who are as disgusted and completely outraged by all of this okay but it's not necessarily um uh uh across the board and that's got to change there has got to be some some level-headedness some leadership some actual leadership this gotcha politics it's got to go you can't keep doing this to people you will have problems
2: more problems (laughs) than what we have right now you know uh, i think uh, you know the george santos case is an excellent barometer of um of where republicans are i've seen i'm actually a little surprised by this i've seen republicans actually stand up and say this is wrong unfortunately they stood up a little bit too late because george santos already took part in a very important vote in the house of representatives ie getting mccarthy uh as uh, elected as speaker um had he been kicked out before, then um, McCarthy probably wouldn't be the speaker. So they used him in, in, in a political way. Um, it's good to see, though, that Republicans aren't just blindly defending, or some Republicans aren't just blindly defending him because he's a Republican. In fact, our our, um, our newly elected uh, guy, Nick velota is one of the uh, one of the people yelling the loudest, saying this guy's got to go, and that's good. That's good to see that happening. It's not enough though because more Republicans aren't doing it across the country, including McCarthy. <laughs> you know, he's he's probably grateful to this guy for yeah, helping. He's on cruise control. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. But you have a guy who uh, you know has completely lied, who has you know basically uh, it looks like he's committed crimes both in Brazil and in this country. I don't want to go into it; it would take the whole hour. But for God's sake, how how do you stand behind people like that? There's there's another. Uh, a failed Republican candidate out in New Mexico who literally is shooting Democrats or hiring people to shoot at successful Democratic candidates—it's nuts. It is absolutely crazy. But what do you expect with all the um, the nonsense being spouted? You're going to attract people like this. You're going to attract liars. You're going to attract lunatics. And you have to um, uh, you have to have enough integrity to stand up and say this is bad, this is wrong this is not what I stand for there have been so many opportunities for Republicans to do that over the past few years that they have basically passed on saying this is this is where I draw the line this is unacceptable this is and and the ones who did say that got kicked out of office. So yeah, this is it's not cool. I, it sounds like they
0: want to raise the stakes like losers die and the winners, they get the office, so people will. It's like uh, like voting people. It's like Survivor, but like you know, life or death edition. And uh, basically, the electorate decides if you get to continue on uh, on Earth, and then uh, uh, if you if you don't lose, you get to you know stay in the office for another couple of years. I mean, that is not how it works. Mm-hmm. We do not want that kind of severity, and yet the attitudes, the behaviors. It's being, it's, it's being goaded on by foul leadership mm-hmm. who, who is, they love it. They're chuckleheads. They think it's hilarious. Well, I, I got news for you. It doesn't last forever.
2: It's true. I think we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that in the way people are, um, are reacting when their opinion is asked. And the um, disaster that Democrats were supposedly facing in November didn't happen. These things mean something. They they matter, um, but it's not just not just the right, not just Republicans. As we mentioned, um, there are people on the left who um, buy into a lot of this too, or or basically go down a particular road and wind up in the same place. They're called the populist left. There was an excellent article uh, on um, MSNBC um, by uh, Zishan Alim. Uh, MSNBC opinion columnist. Just going to read the the opening of this. Since the mid-2010s, the rise of the populist left and the populist right has shaken up the American political spectrum. Both movements have maneuvered to pressure and persuade the political establishment to adopt their objectives. But in recent years, something unusual has been happening. We're seeing the formation of a pipeline that circumvents the center altogether and directly connects left-wing to right-wing populism. A group of uh, journalists and media personalities who once were at home on the far left has formed a niche uh, but um, influential um, political subculture uh, that encourages leftists to abandon leftism for the populist right. Its most recognizable faces are former icons of leftist discourse who have millions of diehard fans. Glenn Greenwald, a co-founder of The Intercept, known as one of the most powerful critics of the war on terror in the Bush era. You know, I called him out years ago and got blocked for it <laughs> but you can see you can see the symptoms when people start uh ignoring the crimes of Trump and focusing what I was talking about before focusing on those closest to you so you can call them hypocrites and be you know somewhat high and mighty and uh and 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 pure no you're 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 falling into a trap you're going down a bad road
0: it's incredible how um how much you saw how how much foreshadowing there was it was like six years ago maybe more and we were talking about purity tests within uh-huh. the the left or the democratic party
2: don't do that don't that's one of my buttons well, i'll get to that in a second the democrat democratic thing go ahead
0: we talked about this already but yeah we'll get into the the hilarity there but no it's it's um it was we saw it coming miles away uh, and it was this this um, this bending over backwards to critique one another and um, and you know uh, out the people that aren't aren't enough <laughs> in aligned with your your particular beliefs and uh, it was really sickening it, it was it was
2: well, pretty sad to it, see it was you know a lot of it is um um it's it's based on hatred. Uh, Hillary Clinton is a good example of this. Hatred of Hillary Clinton is something that many people feel. And it's it, it's kind of hard to explain because, you know, if you're going to hate people, there's so many people you can hate. But, but Hillary Clinton, people really hate her, left and right. And even people on the left would rather hate Hillary Clinton and see her go down in flames than defeat Donald Trump. And that's what we saw with Julian Assange and, and, and Wikipedia, uh, where basically... The Democratic Party was targeted, and the Republican Party was basically given a pass, and that is one of the ways we wound up with Trump.
0: And every last one of those people enabled it. Uh-huh. They didn't stop themselves. They had no restraint. They didn't show self control and and a measured attitude and 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 drawing like these these comparisons or 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 using their own bias against someone uh, that they, they have all kinds of projections and beliefs about um, and, and being obstinate, being completely um, opposed specifically in, in uh, Matt Taibbi's case, it was because of uh, his allegiance to Bernie and Bernie not winning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Same thing. Oh, my guy doesn't win Jill Stein. Oh, uh, you know, every last one of them.
2: Yo, know, Matt Taibbi was the next name on the list. So uh, thanks for the spoiler alert. The uh, former Rolling Stone writer uh, famous for, excoriating defenders of neoliberalism and likening Goldman Sachs to a great vampire squid wrapped around the face of humanity. Yeah, you know, that that was, you know, one of the high points. But now, you know, he's, he's basically working with Elon Musk to somehow say that Republicans are being discriminated against or were being discriminated against on Twitter. I hope so. Well, it's not that they were being discriminated against. It's that the crap they were saying was being discriminated against because it was wrong anti-vax nonsense and anti-science nonsense Killing and people. anti-election nonsense and all these things that are now encouraged. I mean, the racism and the hatred that's on Twitter now, that was the goal? Well, okay, so Matt Taibbi uh, definitely helped with that. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, another hypocrite. Uh, who else? Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, you know, when I saw her at the debates, the, the bell started going off because... Um, you could just uh you could just see the road she was going down. She was formerly a, a democratic house member twenty twenty presidential candidate um, aligned with the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. but in recent years, their focus has changed. These um, commentators had never hesitated to criticize Democrats alongside Republicans, but now they've pivoted to targeting liberals nearly exclusively while forming ties with the authoritarian right. I'm going to stop it there. But advise people to read the article, How the Populist Left Has Become Vulnerable to the Populist Right, by uh, Zishan Alim. Um,
0: Outstanding. It really right, is. A really comprehensive write-up.
2: But, okay, so uh, you said Democrat Party, and that's, you know, that, that's like waving. A I red,
0: corrected myself. Waving
2: a red flag in my face right there. But see what it does to people? Now, uh, we've talked about it on this show quite a bit, how, um, how the right wing has, has almost uh, as if they're being issued a command altered the way they speak. And now, you know, if you hear someone say, you know, this person of the Democrat Party, you know, they've drunk the Kool-Aid, you know, they've been given their marching orders. And they have to say it that way. Because in the past, they would say the Democratic Party. That was what it was called. That is what it's called.
0: Well, you have to say it now because it is actually the Democratic
2: Party. The other one, not so sure about it. You don't call it the Republic Party. It's the Republican Party. It's, it's Okay, so uh, there's a Wikipedia page about this, if you can believe that. And, and you should, because Wikipedia has everything.
0: This is noteworthy.
2: Okay, so Democrat Party is an epithet. Yes, did you know it's an epithet for the Democratic Party of the United States used in a disparaging fashion by the party's opponents. Uh, while the term has been used in a non-hostile way, it has grown in its negative use— Um, particularly by members of the Republican Party and party platforms, partisan speeches and press releases, as well as by conservative commentators and third party politicians. Um, Yeah. You know, and this is something that Trump really pushed. And if you're repeating it, it's because you're doing what he basically is telling people to do. You might not even know you're doing it. It's more of their absurd glee and conformity it's it's you know part of the power of language you know you change the way people speak then you change the way people think and um the way they react to certain stimuli so it's um it might seem trivial but it's telling it is very telling because when you hear somebody saying that you know exactly where they're coming from and you know there's there's something else that's been bothering me increasingly over the past few weeks, maybe even longer, it's the disparaging use of the word woke. You know, how many times have you seen this, where basically woke is used as an insult? And what is it in reaction to? It's usually in reaction to um, uh, seeing uh, representation of uh, a minority or of a female or uh, basically um, uh, questioning the way things have always been done. It's, it's basically a way of legitimizing sexism, racism, hatred of various sorts, and, and and bringing things back to the way it used to be. It's regressive. It, it, it totally is. It's a
0: regressive term to, to denigrate
2: progress. So when you see the word woke used in a disparaging fashion, think about how it's being used. Think about what the person who is saying that actually wants so if if uh somebody is accused uh, you know i've been i've been watching uh, um uh, star trek recently one of the um, discovery ones mm-hmm. um not the best show but okay but if you read the um uh the the, the fan reviews quote-unquote fan reviews uh on imdb uh The, um, you know, the database of movies and TV shows and all that
0: places where people who comment about things like this comment,
2: every, these are Star Trek fans. They are enraged that a person of color and a female is the lead in a Star Trek show. (laughs) And every time she does something of worth, it's considered woke. A woke script, woke writers, woke actors—all <laughs> kinds of of uh, of accusations. These aren't rednecks. I mean, they could be, but uh, it's it's not their 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 main um, uh, identification. They identify as Star Trek purists, and because it's not Captain Kirk punching somebody's lights out every every episode, uh, they can handle it another example of this um there's a non-binary character oh they went ballistic over that oh my god this woke hollywood elite has has to shove this down our throat shove it down your throat the fact that there's a non-binary character that exists on a on a spaceship that's shoving it down your throat uh, i mean think about how um uh, someone like that has lived having your views shoved down their throat where they didn't have any option but to follow your rules, the way things used to be, the way apparently you want things to become again. You know, you, you, you follow a TV show where you have methane-breathing aliens, you have... Uh, Some creatures that are actually, uh, uh, you know, made up of sand. Formless. You have, yeah, you have have planets that are life. You have all kinds of life forms. And you can't deal with somebody who has a different sexual preference than you? That is unbelievable? That's what you object to? Give me a break. So, yeah, (sighs) woke is not an insult. Woke is progress. Now, are there examples where people are silly about it or overdo it. Of course there are. Everything has an example like that. That does not define it. That does not define it. What what defines it are all the instances of progress and, and, and representation and variety that we see now. You know, that is what being woke is all about. And I'll tell you this, if Jesus Christ, yes, Jesus Christ, if he came, you know, ambling by, and 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 just started uh, giving interviews on CNN he would be condemned as being woke for the things he says as would anybody who believes in fairness equality representation and challenging challenging the way things have been for far too long
0: and the the critiques i mean there are there are ironic uses of the term woke i think that that, that uh, came up because I think it, it, there was a lot of emphasis put on um, uh, social justice and the kinds of things that were needed in the last six years and, and, and beyond. Uh, but think about what when people are using it in a derogatory way. They're decrying this progress, but what do they want instead? And, oh, I, and you touched on it. I it's,
2: know what they want instead. It's they, the... They want to make things the way it used to be. And what term what term, says that better than any other? MAGA. That's right, MAGA. Make America great again. Make it the way it used to be. Now, I know that doesn't apply for the entire world. And uh, anti-wokeism, I guess that's a thing, uh, is certainly something that you find around the world. But MAGA, whether it's America or whether it's, it's, it's some other place... That tells you all you need to know. And if if you're upset by um, the way things are going, if you're upset by um, uh, certain minorities being seen too much or by women having uh, uh, too much representation in various places, or just by uh, people caring about equal rights and and various other things like that, if that upsets you so much you are somebody who espouses magaism there, there there is just no other way it doesn't even have anything to do with trump anymore you want things to go back to the way they were and that's just not something that i think the majority of people are desiring
0: there's a lot of pain from from that era the stepford wives the 50s the they, i mean there are a lot of really messed up people uh that, that had that have been abused and um you know a lot of people have killed themselves uh because they were not allowed to be and 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 uh they were not left alone they were they were uh attacked by people who who found uh, uh any difference threatening to to their identity um and these these concepts of traditional gender roles are you know it's a staid thing but we're aware enough, we are connected enough to know that not everyone conforms to that. Mm-hmm. And to to have the expectation that okay, we've got information about different types of being in this world, but we're going to we're going to tear it all down or we're going to we're going to pretend that information is not out there, that people aren't connected and and had had have you know found some sense of community with uh, the proliferation of information now that we just can't be that smart or that evolved and the the saddest thing is that I, I really blame i blame a lot of this on on uh straight men and white men and their wives and uh particularly the 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 kinds of attitudes that feel threatened and the concept of violent masculinity continuing to rule the day mm-hmm. is, is, is arcane. You cannot do that to society. Not anymore. We do not want to be controlled and to be, to be uh, manipulated because you find your identity doesn't necessarily stem in the from the same root and, and uh, uh traditions now as it did when when um you know people have this 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 great again era in mind. Well that again was a damaging time for many people that weren't exactly like you, that didn't necessarily conform or or exist in the same way that you did. And uh wielding this masculinity, this violent masculinity mm-hmm. against people who don't conform to that. Is wrong. You can't do that to people, and we need. I, I think instead of being upset that there are, there's a fluidness to, um, to what male uh, uh, leadership or male mass, male identity or roles, gender roles writ large, um, that that needs to transform. You can't take it out on other people. You need to find better ways to be.
2: Here's the thing, you know. What you're describing here is how um, some white people, and I say some because I do think it's a minority, feel they are under threat. And that is just such an absurdity because um, th- there there is um, absolutely um, no chance of white culture disappearing. There's no chance of white people uh, not, not getting their fair share. The only thing that will happen is that it will be a fair share and that You'll share with other people that have not gotten their fair share. You know, the, the trans community has always existed. The gay community has always existed. Minorities have always existed. Different countries have always existed. All we're doing now is realizing that and, uh, and, and trying to come to terms with representation that is fair to most people, if not all people. And 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 to see white people acting as if uh, they're going through what so many other oppressed minorities have gone through at at the hands of um, of other white people in the past and sometimes in the in the present, it's just insane. It's absurd. It's it's insulting, and we need to do better than that. We we absolutely need to. Um, uh, to stand up against that. And that is what being woke is, and that is a good thing. That so, is absolutely a good thing. So
0: please allow Star Trek allow the the tenderness, the beauty that is being shown, mm-hmm. the people that you absolutely can't relate with, allow yourself to be awoken by that instead Ooh. of outraged. It is a glimmer. The reason it's in media, the reason glad does things in culture and and ensures and 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 talks about this stuff in the kinds of media that we create and consume is so that people like you who might not ordinarily accept this know how to be around people that are different than you that you can have a sense of humor that you know what if you display some kind of openness you'll be you'll be in on it you'll be shared for who you are for what you bring to the table but bringing your your insecurity your rage and anger that's not gonna help you need to you need to be open and and realize that the stuff is not in the media to trigger you to be upset it's there to share with you anything other than that so that you can identify if you bump into somebody who is a little different, you can have a sense of humor or or at least not feel confronted and threatened.
2: And what you will find many, many times is how inclusive and opening these communities are. I mean, just, just think of, um, of food, you know, just think of the incredible variety of food we have access to here in the New York area. And how much of that is because of all these different communities that, we should be embracing and 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 benefiting from in many many ways these these are variety is is the spice of life literally, and um it's something that so many people just don't seem to get or are suspicious and hostile about you know we're very lucky um because we're able to see canadian t v and we get this incredible channel called inuit t v fairly it's new, new. It, yeah, it's been on for less than a year it's actually the second of 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 two Inuit channels. Uh, it's only on for five hours a day, uh, but they had this documentary the other day called uh, Kalanat, uh, Q-A-L-L-U-N-A-A-T.
0: It actually is, it's pronounced like Kalanat.
2: Kalanat, okay.
0: It, it's, it's kind of,
2: that I'm sounds, not in the US, so I'm going to pronounce it wrong. That's so, how it uh, sounds. Uh, why White People Are Funny. Now, before, you know, you get all uh, defensive about people making fun of white people, it's really not a big deal at all. It's we have to learn to laugh at ourselves. I just want to read you a um, a, a brief summary of this film, and I encourage people. It's on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. It's, uh, why white people are funny? Just type that in. I'm sure you'll you'll get it that way. Uh, this documentary pokes fun at the ways in which Inuit people have been treated as um, exotic documentary subjects uh, by turning the lens onto the strange behaviors. Of, how do you say it? Halanak? Halanak. Halanak. I uh, think. That's the Inuit word for white people. The term refers less to skin color than to a certain state of mind. Uh, they greet each other with inane salutations, repress natural bodily functions, complain about being cold, and want to dominate the world. <laughs> their, their odd dating habits, unsuccessful attempts at Arctic exploration, Overbearing bureaucrats and police, and obsession with owning property, are curious indeed. This film is just filled with humor, and um, and 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 just education as far as how Inuit culture is. It's a real eye opener. I, I I so recommend it. I wish our television networks had the variety that Canadian television networks have. Uh, they really try to, um, uh, to 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 show the multiculturalism in their own country.
0: And for all the pain in the history that this community has endured through explorers and, um, and of course, uh, annexation uh, uh, in, in the uh, way the Canadian government and the residential school programs and religion and so forth was wielded upon them. You pointed this out and said it very astutely, there's no bitterness It's funny. It's genuinely funny. They're talking about their experience, a painful one, Mm -hmm. absolutely uh, quite a difficult thing. But to approach it from this way and to to have a sense of joy in recounting your own difference. And it's it's it's, uh, heartwarming and it shows their confidence, their confidence that they were right. Uh, to to stick to their culture to not to not take it on so much and and uh and and dispense with everything they knew
2: and humor is is one of the best ways of um of of expressing yourself and of um dealing with injustice. it really is because it just it brings more people in and they they just did such a such a good job with this film and i i think that's that's one amazing way of um of of just getting through to people. Hey, we are out of time. You can write to us at Off The Wall, otw at 2600.com. We'd love to hear from you. I've been um, um, encoding vinyl, and occasionally when I encode vinyl, I come across um, uh, real classics. And one of those real classics was the soundtrack to The Sound of Music, the Broadway version of The Sound of Music. Um, turns out I had a CD version, so what I'm going to do here is play the CD version of the song that I encoded, so you don't hear all the crackles and things. But this is a song that was only in the Broadway version; it wasn't in the um, in the film. It's called uh, "No Way to Stop It." Uh, it's um, one of many, many amazing songs written by Oscar Hammerstein, uh, and um, it's just it's got the best lyrics. And you realize there are some real gems out there that have um, in, in incredible um, words. That you might not think were um, were part of 1959, it kind of reminds me of um, of, of a Terry Gilliam song uh, from *The Meaning of Life*, um, but it's just um, it's just one way of listening to things that are just lying around and and finding other things that are just interesting to listen to. So enjoy. We'll see you next week. Good night.
1: You did- attractive, dewy-eyed idealist. Today you have to learn to be a realist. You may be bent on doing deeds of daring do, but up against the shark, what can a herring do? Be wise, compromise. Compromise and be wise. Let them I will not bow my head to the men I despise You won't have to bow your head, stoop you stupid little Why not learn to put your faith and your reliance On an obvious and simple fact of science A crazy planet full of crazy people Summer salting all around the sky. And every time it turns another summer. So- sorting at a cockeyed angle We make a cockeyed circle round the sun And when we circle back to where we started from Another year has run and, and there's no way to stop it No, there's no way to stop it If the earth wants to roll around the sun You're a fool if you worry You're, you're a fool if you, fool if you worry, worry Over anything but little number one that's you. That's I. Anna. And me. That all-absorbing character. That fascinating creature. That super-special feature. Me. So every star and every whirling planet and every constellation in the sky revolves around the center of the universe. That lovely thing called oh. ah. I. And there's no way to stop it. No, there's no way to stop it. And I know, though I cannot I tell, tell you why, that's charming. That as long as I'm living, just as long as, as I'm living, living, there'll be nothing else as wonderful, wonderful as I. I, 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 I. Nothing else is wonderful. <coughs> as